This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by MyBookie and Thrive Plus. MyBookie and Thrive Plus. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios. Here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. Hello, world. Hello, world. Welcome into the Money Line on a beautiful Sunday morning, week 13. And I'm about to dro- drop the boom. Well, coming in a little strange, but hey, things are just strange sometimes, right? <laughs> it's, it's all right here. But that statistician next to me, and that thing never changes. Every Sunday, Jordan PFX is where you can find them. Josh Jordan, what's going on? What's going on, Jerry? Happy Sunday. It's beautiful. The sun's out. Last week at the fantasy regular season, a lot of fantasy implications on the line this week, my man. For sure. Across the glass, what's going on over here, man? Tell us. Fill us in on your life. Oh, you know me, just kicking it, chilling. At Clutch City Cam is where you can find the DJ for the next two hours. 713-780-3776 is where you can reach us at. At Moneyline975 on Twitter is where you can also hit us up at if you have any kind of questions throughout the show. We'll be uh, sure to get to them. Yeah, no doubt about it. Should be an exciting week. Everybody get your questions in. I know this is the big week right here, so you want to come through with the victory, no doubt about it. I'm fortunate to say I'm going to make the playoffs in every single fantasy league this year. Wow. Yeah, that is an achievement for me. I'm pretty stoked about that. Typically, you want to diversify, you know, the guys on your roster so that if one team tanks, your other one has a chance. But there were a few players that I was really passionate about this year, and pretty much all of them came through for me. So I hope everybody else is having a great fantasy year. I know early in the year, remember, we pushed Devontae Adams really hard in the second round, Michael Thomas. Hopefully everybody listened to that because those guys have been money. Of course, we'll talk about that Saints game. Saints weren't very money this Thursday, man. That wow. was that was tough. I've got Drew Brees in a few leagues, and oh man, thank God I don't have to win this week or I'd be in some serious trouble. So we'll probably get into that a little bit later. Is this a, a trend with the Saints, or was this just kind of a blip on the radar, and they'll, they'll get back at it and have a big game? I believe they're playing Tampa next week, so that's a really good matchup, but the Saints on the road has been a little, little risky, to say the least. When you're rolling like that, sometimes a reality check is what you need. Yes. It's, at that timing, it's not too far towards the end of the year where it can affect you going into the playoffs. It gives you enough time to think things over, bounce back, Man, they've been going so hard that you figured at one point you kept thinking every week, like, man, this is a letdown spot. This is a letdown spot. But when the team is looking up and and they're thinking Super Bowl and things like that, there was no letdown spots last week. They just the number screamed wrong. I mean, you when you yeah. saw the number, you thought, dang, that's a lot. Seven and a half. Some spots eight. Then you flip it on a neutral field. That's eleven at 
at New Orleans, you were going to do New Orleans minus 14 against that Dallas. It just never made sense. And you see what happens. There was over 75, 80% of those bets and the money on New Orleans. And the only person laughing here is Vegas. Yeah, no doubt about it. And remember, you came, you swung by the office earlier this week, and we were talking about this game. Exactly. And we both were like, oh, I don't, I don't like the Saints to cover that. That feels like too much. We both didn't. We're like, no way. I'm not betting on that. And Hey, turned out we got that one right. We're not always going to get them right, but we got that one right. And I just remembered that game where Dallas went into New Orleans like eight or ten years ago and beat New Orleans, I think, when they were undefeated or they were off to an incredible start uh, at that point in the season. And it just felt like maybe history repeating itself a little bit. And this time Dallas was at home and, uh, you know, just everything went right for the Cowboys. And is it just me or did they call like – 10 penalties on the Saints like to kind of to start the game like it just and they the Saints were doing it so I mean I'm not really saying funny business but the game started with just a ton of penalties for the Saints and ended with penalties also let's figure out that that fourth quarter was dictated by penalties the the, Kamara, the Kamara hit to the head I mean Jalen Smith should be a he should have got a misdemeanor for that he should have <laughs> community service right now for that hit straight up he hit him in the head that was targeting if I've ever seen it but then again it both ways whenever Dak was trying to end the game, and they face mask. I mean, he came up with his chin strap on his nose, and yep. nothing. So it went both ways. It's terrible that it happens on the national stage for everybody to see, but that's just something we got to get accustomed to. Yeah, no doubt about it. And man, Sean Payton didn't exactly have his best game coaching either. You know, he made some questionable decisions. And uh, how about the, you know the positives? You know, your Cowboys had a pretty good game for fantasy. Most of them. Mari Cooper would have had a much better game if not for the fumble. Um, you know, he still did okay for you, but more so in a PPR than a standard Amari Cooper. What about him? Let's kind of talk about he's been incredible since he's come over to the Cowboys. I mean, he's a guy that maybe even looking into next year, is he going to be a guy that goes in, you know, maybe the third round, something like that? Well, we touched on it in the big, you know, when the, the show first started a few months ago when we talked about how Amari Cooper's love of football just didn't seem like it was there. And I mean, yeah. he came out himself and said that this was like a fresh start for him. Like it rejuvenated him and rejuvenated his career. And it's crazy to think that, you know, Derek Carr for me is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, and Amari Cooper's stats were just slowly declining. And here he is with Dak, who's been, you know, basically underperformed this year. But it's like Amari Cooper's back. He's having fun again. That's what. Remember, yeah. we were just speaking with Joel, and he said he had read some stuff about he, he's having fun and and a talk when he was in the at the Raiders where he didn't even like to play football anymore. Yeah. Now three out of the four games, uh, eight plus targets, scoring three times in that window. What else do you want out of him? They made the right move. However you want to look at it, whether they gave up too much, other teams are out there wishing. I guarantee you right now that they would have made their move. Well, and Jerry Jones loves to baby players, so maybe this was the perfect situation for. Amari Cooper where he could go to a place where he's going to get hella loved by the owner and yeah. you know almost get to do kind of what he wants because we've seen that in the past with star athletes in Dallas and it makes sense for him right I mean he's a guy that went to Alabama you know had all the eyes on him in college yeah. you know premier type of college athlete and then then he goes to the Cowboys which almost feels like the Alabama of pro football without all the winning yeah you know <laughs> and that's kind of so it makes sense that you know him playing for Dallas you know would be a good fit and it seems to be so yeah I think he's a guy that keep rolling with him as, the, as the playoffs they're go. feeding him the ball even last week when he had or Thursday when he had Lattimore supposedly people thought that that'd be the reason he still got his eight target his eight receptions 75 yards like you said he could have even had a bigger game without the mistake but if he, they're they're targeting him against shadow coverage, and that means they're always going to go to him. That's that's what you're going to get accustomed to, and that's what I like to see. Now, 
Speaking of shadow coverages and fantasy cash from last week, Juju Smith. Oh, my Lord. Right? People were laying off of him because Chris Harris is supposed to be that slot guy. He hardly ever moves. That's where Juju – but just like you see in the modern-day NFL, these these modern-day receivers, you can line them up anywhere. And they lined them up outside. They They kept them outside. They avoided Chris Harris, and before you know it, he threw up 37.9 fantasy points. Great game. And I could see them doing that again this week and keeping him outside because the the matchup actually is a little nicer. So that's something to keep an eye on, see if the Pittsburgh Steelers do that again. For me, my fantasy cash, he was my start of the week last week. about Baker Mayfield, baby? I mean, man, Baker came through big time. I was really happy about that. I, you know, I, I put his photo on my Sports Map article. Speaking of which, everybody go to Sports Map, check out Jerry and my content. We have some more plays for you, some gambling plays, some fantasy plays for this week. So get over to Sports Map and check that out. Quick little plug there. So I was really happy about him last week. He really came through. And he was able to do it with minus four rushing yards on four rushes. Usually you would think, okay, wow, Baker had a big game. He had to get his legs involved. It was actually the opposite. Four passing touchdowns on only 258 passing yards. It was incredible. I mean, he really came out, had a big game. I hope that's not something of that we're going to see today against the Texans because obviously I want my Texans to keep winning. But it does tell you that Baker's a guy that I think he's going to start to come through most weeks. So if the matchup is good, I think you can go with him. One of the other guys on his team that was definitely fantasy cash, I also pushed him in the, the same article from last week, Nick Chubb. My Lord, what do you have, like 27 points last week in a PPR? That was incredible. And I traded for him in a keeper league. Ooh, nice. He's going to pay off so well next year. Yeah, he has a bright future ahead of him. They use him in the past game, three receptions, 44 yards, also a score. That's something that – it's crazy, though, because when you think of their uh, using a running back there in the passing game, you think of Duke Johnson. So how many targets is he really going to get? Because he – he made the most out of those three three targets. Like I said, three catches, 44 yards, got in the end zone, also got in the end zone, rushing with 84 yards on 28 attempts. That's what sticks out here. That's incredible. If you're a Duke Johnson owner, you can't be too happy about what's going on here because I don't even know if you can play him anymore. You know, Chubb going forward, it looks like he's going to be the dude. And speaking of happiness and owners, what – it's the state of mind of the Kareem Hunt world right now, the owners. And I know I, I asked you personally because you made a big trade this year. Uh, tell the people a little bit about this keeper league trade that you made. Yeah, you know, it's a keeper league. I had Le'Veon Bell. I kept him from last season. You know, I didn't think Le'Veon was going to hold out the whole year. But after that started trending poorly, I decided, hey, I can. There was a, an owner in my league that wasn't going to make the playoffs, so it made sense. Like, hey, let me get Kareem Hunt from you. I'll trade you Le'Veon Bell. When Bell plays next year, you'll have a great keeper. Um, so, And that worked out. I mean, I'm, I've already locked up a first-round buy of the playoff in this league. Kareem Hunt was a big part of that. But now i got to deal with not having him. Luckily, I had Spencer Ware on my roster. I, uh, it was just something a, a week or two ago, something told me, like, yeah, thank you, thank you. I didn't have to run to the waiver wire and pick him up. He was already on my roster. I just I got a feeling a couple weeks ago. I was like, let's just go ahead and get some insurance. I was already you know off to such a lead in my fantasy league. I was like, let's get ready for the playoffs. So, so if you're listening out there, if you have a starting running back that you know maybe you're a little worried, you might get banged up as the playoffs approach. This is the time. Go out and get those handcuffs, guys. Like this is the time you want to make sure you have those handcuffs. Talking about banged up, let's go to our injury expert of the world, Andrew. What's up, guys? Hey, what's going on, Andrew? 
Uh, not much. I'm probably calling you from maybe the last landline in the United States of America right now, but I've got the injury report for y'all. Uh, starting at quarterback, Joe Flacco is doubtful. He did practice this week, so I'd expect to see a decision to be made um, regarding the future of that franchise between him and Lamar Jackson next week, but it's going to be Lamar Jackson again this week. Mitchell Trubisky is doubtful. They said that he practiced this week, but in reality, he didn't throw a single football all week, so Chase Daniel is going to make his second consecutive start. Over at running back, Alex Collins was put on uh, IR for the Baltimore Ravens. He was a full participant in practice on Friday, so it's kind of surprising that he was put on IR. But look for a lot more work from your boy, the Gus Bus. Carryon Johnson is out for the Detroit Lions, so LeGarrette Blunt should be getting the majority of the carries over there. Over at wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton is active despite a groin injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday and Friday, but... He was off the injury report coming in today, so he's good to go. Emmanuel Sanders is active for the Broncos. Good news out of Cincinnati, A.J. Green is active for the Bengals. Um, he says that he's ready to go and he's 100% good to go, and he's never, um, he's never been one to mince words, so if he says he's good to go, we're going to take him at his word for it. Danny Amendola is doubtful for the Dolphins. He's probably not going to play. Deshaun Jackson is out for the Buccaneers, and with him being out, look for Adam Humphreys and Chris Godwin to get a bit of a bump in their production. Over at tight end, Gronk is going to be active for the Pats. And he's really looked like the Gronk old last week, so hopefully anyone who spent a high pick on him is going to start to see some of that return. Uh, David Njoku is going to be active for the Browns, and Evan Ingram is out for the Giants. That's all i got for you guys right now. I'll be back after 11 with the rest of the actives and inactives. All right, thanks, Andrew. I appreciate that. Now, let's. what do you think about the Deshaun Jackson injury? Because... I'm on my bookie right now, and the over-under on his points, 15-and-a-half on Mike Evans. Do you think that bumps up his his uh, volume, obviously, but do you think he gets there? I, I kind of think Humphreys is going to be the guy that gets a lot of those extra targets that are left behind. I kind of like him this week. I think Evans is you know, a great start any week, but I think Humphreys might be the guy that gets a few extra looks this week. Eckler. Eckler, 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 Eckler. You got to plug in Eckler. I was ta- I was kind of talking to, to Josh Lowkey uh, before the show started, talking about how I have a, a team that's on the cusp of making the playoffs, and I got six dudes out, including Melvin Gordon and Carrion Johnson and Devin Funches. So the first thing that I did was pick up Austin Eckler again. That's a good move, and that game predicts points. So it's, I mean, someone's going to have to catch that ball. I got, I got him actually coming up on my bets uh, for prop bets. I'm all over Eckler. I think he gets at least six, seven grabs probably in the end zone in a game that screams shootout. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I think he's going to come through. And then what, what do we think for Spencer Ware this week? Are you trusting him? It's, you, you have to, especially on a team that can blow people open, and then they're going to have to lean on the run game if they have a big lead. He's in a perfect spot. I, I I wish I would have got him. The guy that I'm playing this week for my fantasy life, I'm in eighth place. The last fantasy spot I'm playing against a first-place guy. I have to beat him. He actually uh, – he's he, he's a host here. It's uh, Christopher Tubbs. So I'm hoping for a miracle. Another thing I'm hoping for is to cash out big today on my bookie. I always talk about – for example, we talked about Nick Chubb. Today, you can bet on Nick Chubb, his fantasy points, over or under 11.5. You're telling me that Nick Chubb is coming off that big game and can't get 11.5? Go on your mobile phone or computer right now. Go to mybookie.ag. Get your account started. Right now, they'll match your deposit 50%. That's right. Deposit 100, they're going to match it 50%. Use promo code RADIO 
to activate the offer. Go to mybookie.ag right now. We got what a minute, uh, an hour and forty five minutes before kickoff. We're about to be giving you under the under the radar plays, my my bookie buster plays, some teasers. They offer it all. Safe, reliable, business in years. That's why I recommend them. When you win, they actually pay out. And I've had personal problems lately. If you follow my Twitter with other places that I've reached out to and they never paid. So if you read me and you know what I'm talking about now, I'm not going anywhere else. They have in-game live betting, most rewarding player perks in the business. There's no reason to go anywhere else. You play, you win, you get paid. My bookie. And the life of being famous. I just want to be stable. Tell my family we made it. I was coming for my spot. Yeah, yeah. I had to be patient. Now I'm running up these bands. Can hit the island for vacation. I've been shit behind all my haters. You could say I'm constipated. Five racks on his fit just to stop while I'm in Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline97.5. Way too big when we pull up. Give me the loot. Give me the was off the Remy, had up at post. Had to in my old town to duck the news. Two four hour lockdown, we made no moves. Now it's this is Money Line on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Thrive Plus. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. In studio with none other than Jordan. At Jordan PFX is where you can find him. Excuse me, at Clint City Cam is where you can find Cam. And at Jerry Bonos, yours truly. At Moneyline975 is where you can get us on Twitter. Any kind of questions you want us to answer before kickoff, we're game. Yeah, no doubt about it. Get your questions in and... Actually, we've we've got a gambling question here already. We got Michael on hold. Let's uh let's see what Michael has for us. Uh, hey guys, uh, great job with the show, Jerry. Great job with the bookie busters. I get your private plays, and you continue to crush it week in and week out. So thanks for all the hard work. Appreciate I got uh, two questions for you. First one is I'm in an eliminator pool. I got my choices between the Titans and the Seahawks. So I wanted to see what you guys think. And the second question is, will you guys handicap the Steelers game? I wanted to see if you see if there's any value at minus three with the Steelers. I'll hang up and listen. As far as the eliminator pool, I am all over the Seattle Seahawks. Once you get this far, man, it's it's time to get the wins down and, and not get cute. And I don't know for a fact that Tennessee wins that game. I, don't get me wrong. They should. They're, but they're not. I, I, I don't see Seattle losing that game. In other words, once you get this far deep into these eliminator pools, take the wins. Yeah. There's no saving anything. Take Seattle for sure. No, I'm totally with you there, Jerry. I mean, I mean, the 49ers, I'm not worried about that. I think they're going to crush them. I, I don't think it's going to be a close game. So, yeah, roll with Seattle. I like that one. And then as far as the Steelers game, and I'll get to that during the money on my mind. So that's a that's a little teaser for you right there. That game is definitely on my radar. It's going to be one of my bigger plays, the play that I have from that game. So make sure you tune in. Second segment, second hour, money on my mind. Josh gets flexy with his under-the-radar plays. It's it's wonderful segment, so make sure you check it out. Yeah, that's when we kind of give out all our good picks, guys. So you're definitely going to want to check out that segment a little later. I will say, I mean, Steelers are tempting. You know, the number's gone down from three and a half to three. Steelers are at home. Um, I think I like them in this spot. That's just me. So we'll see. Jerry will give you a little more info on that a little later in the show. 
here's usually kind of where we get into the Texans. Did you want to get to that, or do you have something else? No, for sure. And also, remember, next segment, Josh ADHD will be on from a, a Fantasy Insiders, Roto Grinders, 713-780-3776. Make sure that you get that call in. He, he's wonderful. He You can shoot anything at him, and he's going to answer it. DFS, World, Regular, Fantasy, anything you have, 713-780-3776. Get your calls lined up. Yeah, go ahead and get in there, guys. This is... This is the week. I'm sure we got a lot of people listening. Congratulations if you're listening because that means you're doing pretty well at fantasy football. We're already to the last week of the regular season, so you're doing something right. So let's keep doing that. Get your calls in for Josh. You can also tweet us at Moneyline975. We'll ask Josh all the questions, and we'll give our takes on those as well. So I guess, like I said, we'll get into this Texans game. Texans-Browns. This one's... You know, it feels like maybe like a trap game a little bit. I was, I was talking to Fred Fowler about this, and I I think he made a good point with the Colts coming up next for the Texans. They just played an emotional, you know, Monday night game against the Titans, and with the passing of Mr. McNair, you could you could see a little bit of a lull maybe this week with the Browns coming into town for the Texans. It you know it, it does worry me a little bit, but they're at home, so I think that's. That's the one thing that kind of makes me feel good about this game is it's at, it's at home. So if they come out a little flat, I think they can respond. Looks like it opened at four and a half, Jerry, and it's at five and a half now. What's your kind of just initial take on this one? A lot of people are screaming points. I keep hearing that in the gambling world. It very well could, but these offensive lines and the defensive lines in the trenches is where I see there's going to be trouble for both quarterbacks now. The volume four, Deshaun Watson, 25 passes or fewer for six straight games now, but they're on an eight-game win streak. So why would you change that? Even with him passing that low of attempts, he was the quarterback one last week because that nine for 70 rushing line, three purpose, all-purpose touchdowns, that's what you need out of him. You don't need him to go out there and throw 35 times if he can run for, for 60, 70 yards and get in the end zone, and that's what you saw last week. No doubt about it, and... You know, Cleveland has some good pass rushers, and it's not like the Texans have the best offensive line in the world. They're, I'd say, average at best. Most of the season, we'd say they're below average, but they're playing better, so I'm going to give them their credit for that. I think the answer, it's Lamar Miller, right? I mean, it's the balance. It's They're able to run Lamar Miller. He's keeping them honest, and he's playing well. They're getting some lanes open for him. He's he's basically my start of the week this week. I think Lamar does it again. Cam, do you, do you like Lamar today? I, I do like Lamar. I think Lamar's finally starting to, to to come around. I mean, look, we he's finally being used in the way that he needs to be, which is which is around the tackles, not up the middle. And he's a great pass catching running back. And they're finally they're they're finally taking advantage of that. And and and, and another thing is is. Look, I get Cleveland's been putting up points the last three weeks, but look at who they've played. Bad defenses, Cincinnati, Atlanta. Yes, Kansas City's turned around defensively, but they're still not a they're still not an elite defense. Now Cleveland's facing a Texans defense, which you can probably classify as an elite defense. You know, they're top ten. And so I, I, I just I don't see the thirty point average the last couple weeks that, that Cleveland's put up because they're facing the Texans defense. So the whole forty seven and a half I'm a little iffy on that one too. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what's crazy because okay, people are seeing Baker, Baker just the the improvement in the play calling for him when Freddie Kitchens has replaced Todd Haley. But what you got to see on papers here that the Texans allow the NFL's fifth fewest points at twenty point two, and in fantasy related. Sixth fewest fantasy points to the quarterback position while ranking sixth in sacks and seventh in quarterback hit rate. So the pressure will be there. Can 
can the rookie, uh, you know what I mean? Can he sit in the pocket and make plays on the road? We we all we got to remember these guys are rookies. Like today, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. We, we give these guys a lot of a lot of props and stuff, but there's growing pains in this. And the more the more situations you see, the better of defenses. You think JJ? You you think that defensive line from the Texans is not salvating again at a rookie? That's that's what you live for to to punish him to welcome to the league kind of thing. And I mean, he does have th- top thirteen fantasy results in the last four or five last uh, starts. So four out of the five starts, he's been thirteen. Week ten and twelve, he was a top five quarterback. Baker. That means that the offensive play calling is playing to his strengths, but. I don't see it today. I, like I'm telling you, Twitter mush is what I call it. Whenever you see a lot of people on a certain play, that's that's scary, and that's what I'm seeing. A lot of people on that over. Whenever I'm seeing, really, maybe a a 24-21 game, a 24-20 game. So that's what kind of feels like to me. What about on the other side of the ball? That you know they have Denzel Ward, really good corner rookie. The the Browns. You know he is five ten. So him against either Demarius Thomas, who I believe is six three, and and Hopkins is about six one. He's a great player, but I think they're going to have some issues with some size advantage there. And I, I think the Texans receivers are going to do well. I got to give props to Cam. He called Demarius Thomas with his put your name on it last week. DT comes up with two big touchdowns there in the red zone for the Texans. What do you expect from him today, Cam? It seems like you are the the Demarius Thomas whisperer. <laughs> Look, the crazy thing is, too, is in, in a lot of my fantasy leagues, he, he was a he was a waiver pickup. And, and, you know, it's just one of those classic overreactions. The guy didn't have any catches in week the week the, the second week that he was with the Texans. Look, he's new to the team. You know, he, he's not going to get thrown the ball 27 times. You know, he's got to learn the play calling. But he he you brought him in to replace Will Fuller like you had to be patient you had to know that this man was going to get his touches he wasn't going to take away from Nick Hoppins so I honestly think that Demaris is going to have another great game I mean his yards weren't really there I think he had like you know only like 50 but what did he have he had two touchdowns he is a big receiver that that is what you brought him in for was to was 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 basically to obviously alleviate some of the pressure from from uh from Nook but also to be that touchdown guy because, look, we don't get it from the tight ends. Like, that's what you want your tight ends to be is that that, that end zone threat, yep. and that's not what we have. But Demarius is. That's what he was used for in uh, in, in Denver, and that's what they're going to use for him in the Texans. And so I, I, I firmly believe that Demarius is going to have another touchdown. And surprise, surprise, Kiki QT gets hurt again, that same hamstring injury that's just been plaguing him all year. you got to – you got to think that's going to help out Demarius Thomas, right? He's going to see more targets. QT can't get on the field. Definitely. And also, as far as the gambling purposes, is there a look ahead right now for the Texans having a big game next week? Right. Feels a little like a trap game. It could be. And then that's another thing to think of. It's just it's tough to to give up that many points for a team that I don't. I mean, one both teams are looking up. I guess one obviously the Texans got the big win streak, but Cleveland's feeling good right now about yeah. life. I mean, coming from all these years of losing, and now all of a sudden they have a little something going. The the personnel that the, up top it's been changed. That's why as soon as you start changing things up top, everything starts trickling down Hugh Jackson was stuck a little bit too long there but uh I think I love everything that's going on over there like we spoke about Baker we spoke about Chubb and Landry I mean they got all the type of weapons that you need to build a something successful yeah, yeah. and we gotta be careful because trap game is, is a good point because the, the last time there was this much hype about a win streak with the Texans was back when they decided to wear those Letterman jackets against New England, mm. <laughs> and they got stomped now you have a Texans team who started 0-3 they're 8-3 and many people are picking them to actually make it very far in the in, in the in the playoffs now, 
And there's a very good chance that this team could finish with a number one seed. They have the easiest schedule remaining out of those top four seeds. And so the Texans have to be real careful about some of these games because even though this seems like an easy game on paper, we've seen this before where the Texans get a lot of momentum and then they just drop the ball. And talking about teams that they might be fighting for that spot, what do you think about the Indianapolis-Jacksonville game today? Man, this one's interesting. I've Look, I'm leaning towards the Colts, and I wanted to ask Andrew when he was on earlier. I, I didn't hear if he said if Jalen Ramsey was going to go because I've, I've been hearing it doesn't look like he's going to play. And if that's the case, I, I fire up T.Y. Hilton this week, guys. If you know if Jalen Ramsey's not going to go, um, I, I think I heard Lance uh, Zerline when I was talking to him earlier this week. I think he's rolling with the Jags just with the points in mind. Just that's it, you know. Just I'm going to take the points. You know, it'll probably be a close game. You know, we got Cody Kessler going, which Oof. is, you know, that's interesting. I mean, can it be that much worse than Blake Bortles, I guess, is the, the real question there. Uh, but, you know, I like the Colts to win. I, I think they're going to win. I even think they're going to cover. I mean, last time I checked, what, what's the number at? I got it right here. It's uh, at four. It opened at three. So, yeah, Colts are favored on the road by four points. You know, with the way Jerry does, you know, his little uh, calculations, I guess that would be, what, around seven points on a neutral field, yeah. you know, eight, nine, ten, or 11 at, in uh, Indy. It's such a big jump, though. Okay, if you looked at this, let's let's pretend this was before week one, going into the season, what did we think? We Not what did we know. We thought Jacksonville was going to be a big team, and we, we, we were skeptical on luck. This line was minus seven Jacksonville before this year. Wow. Yeah. So look, yeah. look look how much it's changed. Now, does Cody Kessler warrant that? Yeah. I mean, 64.5 completion rate, seven to four touchdown interception ratio over his time with the miserable Browns. Now, this week, he's missing left guard. Andrew Norwell. That's a big one. Center, Brandon Linder, left tackle Cam Robinson are all out. You know what I mean? The Colts defense that thrives on trying to get to the quarterback, it's going to be tough. I I can't believe we haven't mentioned this. No Leonard Fournette today, right? Mm-mm. And he, that one-week ban for, for fighting. Yeah. For I mean, that was – I'm surprised he only got one week, right? Yeah. I'm glad because I own him in a lot of my money leagues, and I'm going to need him <laughs> next week. I kind of have my own selfish reasons for that. Uh, luckily, you know, this week isn't as big a deal. But uh, and for all, I'm sure there's a lot of fantasy owners out there that are glad that's the case. They're probably going to need Leonard Fournette next week. So, man, I think with Ramsey out and Fournette out, it just feels like they've kind of quit on the season, right? I feel the same way with the Bengals, don't you think, Cam? Like some of these guys, they're done. I mean, just a lot of hype and just way too many just distractions and injuries. I mean, look, do we, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I thought Jacksonville was was going to be a top three team in the AFC, yeah. depending on what they did, you know, last year. I told myself, look, if, if Blake Bortles is limited, th- then they, they win. But, uh, you know, even when Blake Bortles is limited with the mistakes, he still somehow makes mistakes. And this team, I don't, I don't get, I don't get how they win three games. But for me, it's crazy. Any given Sunday, I mean... The Colts and the Texans, weeks one through three, were looked at as one of the worst teams. Yeah. And now you can argue that they're the two hottest teams in the NFL. Like, it is crazy to me how this entire season has just kind of turned around with some of the stories. Overreaction theater yeah. is what I call it, though, because <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it, we live in a world of hot takes now. It doesn't seem like it used to be that way. So uh, two bad games, people start off, and it's 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 done, man. Let's write them off, and go, that's it. you know. And I don't believe in that. What I don't believe in also is Jacksonville's defense, and that's what's yeah. been torching them this year. They, they're supposed to be that defense that would keep Blake Bortles in games that he can manage and not have to win. That's where the problem is 
is this year. They have uh, gave up top seven fantasy results to five of the last six quarterbacks. You don't expect that. Whenever you play Jacksonville, uh, Saxonville, you know what I mean? You, yeah. you think about, man, I, I don't want to start my quarterback against them. You start questioning five of the, uh, I'm sorry, top seven results of five of the last six quarterbacks. So, I mean, <laughs> you're getting big, big results going up against them, and people haven't caught on to it, especially in the DFS world. People are still shading away from starting quarterbacks against them, and I don't understand Yeah, that. yeah And last year, yeah. Jacksonville's defense was scoring points. You know, they were getting touchdowns. They were forcing turnovers. This year, they're not doing it. So, I mean, I, I, I know it sounds simple, but six points from the defense – is a whole lot of points in a game, and when you're not getting that, and you know you're, you're you have these these running back issues, and you have Blake Bortles, who obviously is a below average quarterback, that's gonna we've seen it. You know, a team that went 13 and three, and now a team that is gonna probably have one of the worst records in the National Football League. How quickly it changes. And I think, you know, back to the, the Colts and the Texans starting off kind of slow, it makes sense, right? Luck was coming off a terrible shoulder injury that had to miss an entire season before that. Deshaun Watson's coming off an ACL injury. I mean, is it any kind of surprise they got off to kind of a slow kind of start the first two or three games of the season? But we we're all freaking out. But now as we look back on it, of course they started off a little slow. They're coming off of serious injuries. And now that, you know, they kind of got it together and it seems like right at the like they're hot, both teams at the right time. And even in the slow start, they played that week one. Luck blew them up for 285 yards and three scores on only 29 uh, passes. At that time is when he was still throwing them dink and dunks. It was yeah. all them. Now his arm's getting accustomed to the season. Now he's getting to ripping it. But even at that point, that strategy they used, they, they knew. They saw something. We can't beat these guys on these long balls. Let's just dink and dunk it, play yards after catch. And that's what they did. I'm real curious to see what Josh ADHD has to say about all this. 713-780-3776. This next segment will be all your fantasy starters sit him questions. I mean, get him ready because he's going to be ready to fire off. No doubt about it, guys. Light up the phone board, 713-780-ESPN. If you can't get to a phone, at Moneyline975. We'll try and read your tweets to Josh, get you all set up for this week's slate of games. All right, I hear the music, so that means we are up against it. Like we just said, Josh will be in on the other side. Get your questions in, guys, 713-780-ESPN. You're listening to Moneyline. We'll be right back. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. Yeah, I met man at a bounce. Where I see girls everywhere. Hands, hands, hands in the air. So party over here. Shaking for the man of the year. Yeah. Uh, met man of the year. Met man at a bounce. Where I see girls everywhere. Hands, hands, hands in the air. This is Money Live on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. You know what that song means, the man of week 13, the man of now, the man of the Moneyline fam. What's going on, Josh? What's up, fellas? I hope y'all are having a good Sunday. It's about to get a lot better after we talk to you, man. We got a lot of questions lined up, so let's get started. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm going to jump right in with this one. It's probably a pretty obvious question, but Spencer Ware, is he a guy that you fire up because he's cheap or maybe you stay away because a lot of people are going to be using him this week? 
I think you definitely need to fire him up in your cash games because of the price, because of the situation. I mean, he really opens up a lot of things on the roster. You know, folks early in the week were all over Carlos Hyde for all the same reasons. He was a cheap running back you could plug in as a starter and expect, you know, maybe, let's say, 12 to 18 touches depending on the game script. I think Ware's in the same situation. It's a better game script, um, at least from the outset, with them playing the Oakland Raiders. So I, I, I don't have any problem using the cash in tournaments. I would definitely look the other way. Um, and probably try to be less in the field on my leverage. 713-780-3776. We got Josh ADHD on from Fantasy Insiders. Roto Grinders ready to fire off. I got a question from Twitter here. Golden Tate or Dante Pettis? Oh, man. I think it would probably go with Golden Tate between the two of those guys. I mean, we know that Carson Wentz is going to be throwing the ball a lot more. Nick Mullins in San Francisco has it's just looked bad the past couple of weeks. I don't think that's going to get any better with them on the road at Seattle. So definitely Golden Tate. Also, what do you think about Golden Tate as far as the addition and what he's done to the Eagles offense? Do you think that, I mean, because now you see less targets for, say, Alshon. Godaret's pretty much non-existent. I mean, has he helped that offense in your eyes? Uh you know, it's really hard to say. It's early on. I think that entire offense has just struggled. It seems like they really miss Frank Reich and John DiFilippo, who were both there last year. Obviously, DiFilippo's in Minnesota now. Frank Reich uh, head coaching the, the Colts. Um, I, I I don't think he's had the intended impact. It's like they, you know, a lot of folks are saying that Tate has kind of upset the apple cart in Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia's just in a bad spot right now, and uh, I hopefully they figure things out because I I like the team. They just seem to be. You know, a bit lost. So we'll see what happens going forward. Hey, Josh, my man Melvin Gordon is 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 is, uh, is obviously out. And uh, Austin Eckler, you look the two times that Melvin Gordon couldn't finish the game. Eckler had his most touches, sixteen and seventeen. He's going to get to Pittsburgh defense. That's that's pretty potent. What do you think of Eckler this week? I don't mind Eckler that much because if we think he's going to see the passing volume that he normally would see, he has a very high floor. Does he have a high ceiling? Uh, I don't know about that. I still think Justin Jackson's going to get his share of the work. He may end up being the early down guy this week now that they've had an entire week to prepare uh, as if Gordon's going to be out. And so I would I would probably hedge a little bit on the upside, but I think the floor is very safe with Eckler. I have another question here from my man Tim Lane. So he uh, he's very fortunate. He has Adams and Thielen as his receivers. So at flex, would you start Kenny Galloway, Edelman or Green? And then also a two-part question. Would you uh, – he's picked up Spencer Ware. Would you start a Spencer Ware over somebody like a T.J. Yeldon? I would consider starting Ware over Yeldon. Uh, but Yeldon's probably going to see some passing game work today. So I think I think that Yeldon has a good floor. Uh, his floor might be a little bit safer than Ware's, but I think they're probably from a, a median expectation about the same. As far as the flex, I think Galladay's probably the best flex option uh, even though the Rams are getting a key to lead back today, I would expect to lead to be on uh, Galladay as much as possible. I still think Galladay is going to see 12 to 15 targets. And with that passing volume there, you really can't turn away from it. The only other choice I'd make there may be Edelman. I like Edelman a lot this week. I think he has a very safe floor. So if you, for some reason, think that Galladay is going to get shut down by to lead, then I would certainly look at Edelman. All right, let's go to the HRMP listener line. Jody. Jody, I'm sorry. I'm getting old and I can't read. Jody, you're on Moneyline. What's going on? Oh, it's Sunday. Ready for fantasy. Got <laughs> start two, sit one. Dalvin Cook, Lamar Miller, Sony Michelle. Oh, that's a pretty tough one, man. I think 
I think between the three of those, I would probably sit. Oh, man, this is tough. Dalvin Cook's going to see good passing game work today. I think Lamar Miller's in a good spot. Tony Michelle, I also think, is in a good spot. So I think, honestly, I don't think he can lose in this situation. I would just flip a coin and see where it came up, to be honest. I think they all have about the same reasonable expectation for an outcome. There you have it, Jody. All right, and let's uh, dive into that a little more, if you don't mind, Josh. Lamar, yeah, let's go. Lamar Miller, you know, you know, we're in Houston. Is this something that Texans fans and, and fantasy owners can expect from Lamar Miller going forward? Is he is he a guy that he can be, you know, your your number two running back and feel pretty good about him? I think as long as the game script is in their favor, uh, yeah, I think so. And, and it seems to be that's going to be the case. This week is going to be interesting because Cleveland is kind of on a roll right now. I have to see you know, how they look against the better defense that Houston has today. I, the thing that, that has been noted, at least out there in Twitter and, and the circles I run in, is that Houston is not, they're not throwing as much. They, uh, Deshaun Watson hasn't attempted 25 pass, passes in a game, I think, over the last five or six games. So they've kind of, I want to say they've scaled back the offense, but they're just not throwing as wildly as they used to. And I think that's because they're winning. That helps. Um, so does that work in Lamar Miller's favor? Absolutely, because if he's going to see more touches, then that's what you want for your running back. You want more touches. So I think you could certainly look at him as a very solid RB2 play for the near future. I'm also seeing uh, over on Roto Grinders the uh, projected ownership. So at quarterbacks, I see Winston and Newton both going against each other at 15% ownership, which is pretty much the highest at the position. My question is also using the Roto Grinders tool. I see there's going to be a lot of wind over there. It's projected to be 12 mile an hour wind at kickoff and 14 mile an hour by the end of the game. Is that something that would push you away from those guys, especially with the high ownership? No, I don't think so. In tournaments, yeah, I would certainly look somewhere else in tournaments uh, just to just to fade the high ownership in general. But I don't think I would. I wouldn't fade it completely. I'd still have parts of that game because you know it's, we still expect that to probably be one of the highest scoring games on the slate. I think we still love the spot that Cam Newton is in, and but the type of offense that they run, they run a lot of that. They run some short passes through uh, Christian McCaffrey and also uh, Curtis Samuel from time to time, and Greg Olson. So I don't think the wind really affects that type of passing game. And uh, so far as Jameis Winston is concerned, and especially Cammy, those guys have strong arms. They could throw through the wind. I'm not really concerned about the wind there at all. There you have it, 713-780-3776. I've got a couple uh, quarterbacks that I put in my under-the-radar plays every week. They're usually more affordable guys. I kind of like the price tag on Case Keenum and Jameis Winston this week. What do you think about those guys? I think Winston's a very good play this week. It's it's hard to get away from that offense. Whoever's playing the quarterback position for them, I really I like Winston a lot. I think they're gonna you know they're gonna rack up 350 yards passing. That's just kind of their modus operandi. And then Case Keenum is an interesting. It's an interesting question. Denver has not played well the last couple of seasons under Vance Joseph when they have to kick off at 1 p.m. Eastern. Hmm. So that gives me some concern. Now, the Cincinnati defense is like this total black hole right now for offensive production. So for that reason, I think Keenum's a good play. Uh, I really like Manny Sanders. If you're going to play Keenum, pair him up. And you might even want to stack those two players with Matt Lacoste at tight end because he's the men price. So I, I like that stack this week. It's a good tournament stack. And it, it, like you said, it's cheap. Another cheap quarterback I'm looking at this week is Matt Ryan. He's 5,600. He's playing at home in the Dome. And the reason that you want to target him, especially in your tournament lineups, is that he's playing Baltimore. People are going to fade him 
because of the Baltimore defense, the narrative associated with them. But when Atlanta's at home, man, Matt Ryan's a good quarterback, and, and they run a good offense, and it really doesn't matter who they play at home on the Dome. I think they're going to be very productive. So I like Matt Ryan this week if you're looking to kind of scale back the, the price. Hey, I'm sorry, uh, real quick. If you like Matt Ryan, what do you think of Julio this week? Do you like him also? Oh, yeah. I love Julio this week. And the narrative is that Baltimore doesn't allow receivers to get 100 yards. And while that may be the case, I still think Julio's a target monster. He can still catch, you know, eight or nine balls. He can get in the box against Baltimore. And so if he goes eight for 95 and a touchdown, are you going to be upset about that? I'm not going to be upset about that. So I really like Julio this week. I think he can get the best of Jimmy Smith. I think he can do whatever he usually does, which is, you know, put up yards and points. Hey, Josh, let's talk boomer bust. Kenyon Drake, the man either gets you 25 points or he gets you five. Miami's kind of in that must-win game. You know, they're sitting on the cusp of a wild card, five and six. They're playing Buffalo division game. What do you think of Drake this week? I like Drake a lot because he's going to be a pass outlet. I would use him in a tournament lineup. I wouldn't have a high percentage of him, but I would have enough where he has a boom game. He's certainly going to, he's going to help you out quite a bit. So I don't mind him this week. I think he's still a little bit dinged up. It seemed like he hurt his shoulder at the end of the game last week. So I would certainly monitor the reports and make sure that he's going to be 100% good to go. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't mind him at all this week for some tournament exposure. Sticking to the position, as far as ownership and whatnot, I know obviously the world is going to be on Spencer Ware for 4000 I see 47% pretty much projected ownership. But then it gets the high-priced guys, the McCaffreys, the Gurleys. Are you planning on going maybe a cheap guy, an expensive guy? What's your strategy pretty much at running back this position uh, this week? Because I also see Carlos Hyde at 3.3K, and he's projected to be a highly owned. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at probably trying to get two higher-priced running backs in my lineup and then run a, a lower-priced one in the flex. But, you know, a good spot for flex this week if you want to run a guy in the later game is Spencer Ware because he is 4K. And you can pivot away from him if you need to and get to a cheaper wide receiver if you need to, to switch things up. <laughs> Excuse me. Carlos Hyde, the only, my only concern with Carlos Hyde is workload. But the, at $3,300, you can certainly do a lot worse for workload if I'm going to try to look elsewhere, like for a tournament play, I might look at Ty Montgomery. He's $3,600. He got some good uh, receiving work last week. You could always look at Peyton Barber uh, as a, just a low-percentage tournament play because if he scores a touchdown, he's going to pay back value for you. And then otherwise, you know, a cheap running back this week, you know, you're, you're looking at guys that are just purely game script dependent, like Jalen Richard. You're looking at Jordan Howard. You're looking at uh, Naheem Hines. And those are guys that are just like real low ownership. Uh, you don't want to have a lot of exposure to them, but it wouldn't take much exposure to be uh, leveraged against the field as well. So those are kind of the guys I'm looking at for cheap stuff. For, for expensive guys, you know, it, I think Gurley's probably going to end up coming in pretty low owned this week because of his price, because more folks are going to be playing Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. And I, I think that uh, a lot of folks are also going to be on Aaron Jones this week. And I like Aaron Jones personally a lot this week. I think he's kind of in a mid-tier and maybe in a weird spot for a lot of guys because other folks are going to be paying down trying to get to Philip Lindsay at 5,400 on DraftKings, thinking that he's in this total cat for seat against Cincinnati. So um, I, I think ownership's going to end up being more polarized this week, and, and the guys in the middle like Aaron Jones and Philip Lindsay may see less ownership as a result. I love that angle. I love that looking at the ownerships right now. It makes perfect sense. All these cheap guys are projected to be highly owned, and then you have some of these guys that are like the girlies and stuff that I, I do believe that people are going to stack up on these cheap running backs, and they're going to have these expensive receivers. So if you want to deviate from that, feel free. Let's go over to the HRMP listener line. We have Vincent with a fantasy question. What's going on? You're on Moneyline. 
Hey, man, how y'all doing? Uh, favorite scoring league, uh, AJ Green or Chris Conley? Oh, man, I think I would go with, uh, I think I'd go with AJ Green this week. You know, he, AJ Green says he's good to go. He wants to play. He's bought in. And when I hear those type of words from a player, I tend to believe it, especially AJ Green. I, I love his matchup this week. He's not going to draw Chris Harris, who's going to end up be, uh, covering Tyler Boyd. So I really like AJ Green. I'd go with him. Josh, another running back question. This man has had 40 touches the last two weeks. Gus Edwards. He's playing the 30-ranked defense this week. What are your thoughts on him? I, I'm i a little hesitant on him this week. You know, that Baltimore activated Kenneth Dixon yesterday after they put Alex Collins on IR. They still have Ty Montgomery taking, uh, taking some work there. So I think this could end up being just a full-blown committee backfield. Um, would I still use Gus Edwards if I was just a, like a standard scoring league with no – with no PPR points, I, I would still do that because I think he still gets, you know, let's say 15 to 18 carries, and I think he has a good chance to get a touchdown this week. But would I use him in my, on my DraftKings lineups? No. Would I use him on FanDuel? It kind of depends on the price. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit hesitant on just slamming him in everywhere if I have some good PPR options. Otherwise, I think he's okay. At Fantasy ADHD is where you can find him. Fantasy Insiders, Roto Grinders is where you can find his work. Before I let you get out of here, man, who's one guy that everyone should have in their tournament lineup this week? Oh, man. Rob Ronkowski for me. That's my guy. Wow, I love to hear that because I haven't really heard that that, that too much this week of people firing him up like that. Okay, and is there any specific reason why you think uh, he, he should be in tournament lineups? Uh, well, he's He's in a he's in a weird pricing location this week. He's fifty four hundred on DraftKings, so I think it's going to be in an odd spot for people to get to. Uh, I, he looked better last week, in my opinion. I think, I think he looked a little bit more like the old Gronk, yeah. and I think he could take advantage of the matchup against the, the Vikings this week. So I think it's just a I think it's just a really good spot to to be higher leveraged on Gronk than the rest of the field. I think it could pay off. Nice. I just I'm filling out a DraftKings as we're talking. It's funny you say that. I I ended up putting Gronk in my lineup. It just felt like a good value. But, I mean, there are some cheap tight ends this week, Josh. How do you feel about uh, Najoku? Us Texans fans, we know they, they struggle against the tight ends. I think he might have a decent game today. And, and Cameron Braid, when Winston's playing, he usually catches a touchdown. That's about all he does, but he usually does that. Yeah, I like both of those guys this week, especially Najoku. Uh, the, my only concern with Braid is that he his target volume hasn't been that high. He's kind of touchdown or bust dependent, but at 3,700 on DraftKings, you could certainly do a lot worse. Um, you know, I mentioned a tight end earlier, Matt Lacoste for Denver. He's going to be filling in the role that Jeff Hireman was, was playing last week before he got hurt. And Lacoste is a big boy. He's 6'6". I think he's like 257. And he can, he can move. Like, he's a good, good athlete. And they had no hesitation about targeting him as soon as Hireman was out of the lineup. So he's 2,500. He's, he's bare minimum price on DraftKings. I think he's an excellent play this week. And I'm, I'm looking down at the prices now to see if there's anybody else that's super cheap that I would consider playing. And Kyle Rudolph is another player I might consider if I wanted to pivot away from Cameron Brake. But in that price range, he's 3,600. I think he has a good chance of getting a touchdown this week as, you know, I, I think that New England will try to take both of the receivers away, both Thielen and Diggs. And that might leave a little more room for, for Rudolph to operate. Josh ADHD, like every week you come in here and kill it for us, and I can't thank you enough for blessing the Moneyline family week in, week out. I appreciate every one of these moves that you give us. Thanks, and tell the people a little bit where they could uh, find your work this week. 
Yeah, so this week you can find my work. We will have a um, we have a podcast up on Wednesday morning. It's called Aggression to the Mean. It's an NFL analytics podcast, so it's a little bit more. Um, it, it's not it's oh, okay. very analytical, mathematical podcast, and uh, it, it's up on Rotor Grinders Wednesday morning. I appreciate that, Josh. Go out there and kill it. Get some money. Everyone out there listening, I hope you uh, you put these guys in your lineups because it's going to make you some money. All right, thanks for joining us, Josh. We'll catch up with you next week, my man. All right, fellas, let's go make some money today. All right, good luck. All right, looks like we are up against a break. Be sure to get your calls in. Jerry and I can give out some good advice for you guys. I know you got some questions. You got about an hour until kickoff, so you still got some time to get some moves in, maybe to get some bets in before the cutoff there. So anyway, like I said, we're against it. We'll be right back. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Sit down. This is Nolan Ryan. You're listening to Houston's best sports talk, ESPN 97.5.